It's time for another episode of the worst podcast ever. This is episode four, and I, as always, am your host, Dan Brosman. Super Mario 31st, uh, 31st, 35th anniversary, something that uh, I wasn't aware of, and supposedly there is something coming out, uh, a collage of games to commemorate, and I'm really interested in it. I have not, I didn't know about it until lately, and evidently this has been a thing for a little bit. So we're going to dive into that. And the Polymega makes another uh, sighting of it, I should say. Metal Jesus Rocks did a review of it, which makes me really excited because I am a backer of the Polymega, and we're going to talk about that as well. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Intellivision Amigo, or Amico. Uh, Everybody seems to be talking about it. Everybody has their take on it. And so I was like, yeah, let me, I'll do my take on it. Because at first I really wasn't all that interested. But I'm like, actually, this kind of goes along with my gaming history. So we're going to jump into that as well. We also have another beer to review. We will be reviewing the Edmund Fitzgerald from Great Lakes Brewing Company. It's a porter, and this is a darker beer for me. I know we've been doing IPAs in Pilsners, but now we are going to the dark side. So let's jump into the first first thing here, the Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary. And... For some reason, Nintendo, for whatever reason, likes to celebrate the anniversaries on the 5. So I guess for the 25th anniversary, they released something on the Wii. And basically what it was, was if you know what the Super Mario Brothers All-Stars was, it originally came out on the Super Nintendo, and it had all the original Super Mario Brothers games on it, but... Uh, in 16-bit, which was awesome. So the 25th anniversary came rolling around, and they re-released it on the Wii. I have never played it on the Wii, so I just read about it, and this is what I know of it. So, But on, it's a great game, so if you pick it up on the Wii or the uh, Super Nintendo, that's great. And, you know, that doesn't seem like it was that great of a thing. If you're going to celebrate an anniversary, a re-release of something like that that's exactly the same doesn't seem all that exciting, but okay. So now flash forward 10 years and we have the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. And I'm going along and watching my YouTube videos as I do and I came along RGT85 was talking about the 35th anniversary supposed game that's coming out, which is, which I was like, okay, well, whatever. And it is on there. I thought I seen uh, the logo or the, the label for Mario 64, which I love that game. I know that's not a sentiment shared by everybody. That's for sure. But I love that game. And the problem with playing that game right now is I don't play any of my stuff on CRT, as we have talked about in the past. So when I hook my Nintendo 64 up to my HD modern TV, I wouldn't say that Mario 64 looks all that great. And to have a chance for Mario 64 to come out reimagined, revamped on the Switch, playing it in HD, I'm super excited for it. And to be honest with you, that's not the only game that's supposedly going to come out here. And this is 
right now, I don't know that they have Nintendo's actually done an official uh, announcement that this is coming out. But from everything that I mean, I didn't take what RGT eighty five said at face value. Not that he was lying. He never said that that this was officially going to happen, but it looks like it's going to happen. Everything I researched on the web seems to suggest that this is going to happen. And along with Mario 64, there will be other games. There will be Super Mario uh, Sunshine, which came out on the GameCube. Was it the GameCube? Yeah, the GameCube. And Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, which I believe was the Wii. And, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've only played the Galaxy games a little bit. And they're good. I like them. I really like Sunshine. I love that, that backpack that he wears with the water, the, the kind of jet water, air pack, or whatever you want to say, jet pack. But my big thing here is they could skip every other game but and just have Mario 64 on there. And I'm telling you, I would pick it up in a heartbeat. And if this comes out for real, dude, I'm totally picking this up. So I can't wait for this. Um, I guess that's really all there is to say about it. Just in the fact that I was, I guess, I was kind of surprised that I hadn't heard about this yet. Um, you know, I mean, there's so much information out there with so much going on uh, in the world of video games nowadays that evidently for me, this just fell through the cracks because it sounded like it had been around for a while, this uh, news, but um, or it had been rumors. And I guess it's still rumors, but it's less of a rumor now. You know, it, it, there's always those rumors in gaming. So... Alrighty, you know, I am a fan of companies coming out with clone consoles, um, meaning companies that make new hardware that plays old video games, namely physical media. As I've said in the past, I am a collector of physical media, music along with video games, and what has happened over the last probably longer than 10 years, but let's just say 10 years, is that companies have started making systems which are clone systems that play these games, that can play these games. And I think, I don't want to go too far into this, the general general information of clone consoles, but this leads into what I'm saying, because I've already gone over some of this before. But I'm a big fan, even though a lot of these consoles or some of these consoles aren't all that great. What they do is not that great, but I don't care because as long as people are putting this stuff out there and making it better and supporting this retro game, uh, I don't want to say craze, but this revigoration, revigoration, is that a? Is that a word? Revival? Revival. There we go. That's a word. Uh, this this retro game revival that we seem to be going through right now. I'm a fan. I will support certain things, um, even, even, even if it seems a little bit like every time you support one of these things where it's on Kickstarter or any sort of crowdfunding, Indiegogo, you're always taking a chance. You're taking a chance that this this project that people are trying to put together is not going to come to fruition and that you will lose your money. It is a risk. And there, are, and over the years, there have been a lot, okay? And I can't really say anything I've backed, which is not that much, but what I have backed... Most of them, if not, I think all of them have come to fruition. But I know from watching other YouTubers there that have thrown their money in the ring for other things that that's not always the case. Okay, so 
I, I want to say this is about four years ago, we started hearing about something called uh, Megablocks, I believe it was called. And it was going to be uh, FPGA clone systems that plays multiple systems, which blew my mind because I am a big fan of FPGA. And if you don't know what that is, that's the that's clone systems on a chip pretty much emulation for hardware which is better than generally better than software emulation i would explain it in more detail if i could but i can't so basically with clone consoles you have you know there's software emulation and that's okay and then above that even better you have fpga so this company, Megablocks at the time, said we are under development, making this thing, come and support us. And this was before they even asked for our support, actually. So time went by, and, you know, I had heard about it, but then there was nothing. I didn't hear anything about it for a while. I'd actually, every once in a while, I'd be like, you know, I wonder what happened to that. But no one would have any news. There'd be no news, new news out there. And then all of a sudden one day, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, was it Gamester? What is his name? I don't follow him anymore. I can't think of his name. But another YouTuber is like Gamester81 or something. I'm probably totally getting that wrong. Um, had news about Megablocks. But Megablocks had uh, changed its name to Polymega. Same exact thing. For whatever reason, they changed their name. And now they were starting to release information and pictures and updates. Not that often, but it had been a while since we heard from them. And originally, I was like, you know what? It's just one of many things that people talked about that somebody that wanted to develop something got really excited about and then was like, nope, it's just not working for whatever reason, you know? However, those things, the ebbs and flows of developing stuff like that goes. Well, as it turns out, and I, I should have done more research on this now that I think about it, but I, I know that the people that are developing the Polymega have pretty good backgrounds in the video gaming industry as far as developing and software and hardware and stuff like that. So that's always a plus when you hear something like that. So anyway... Moving forward, we're moving slow here on this thing. Anyway, so now, here we go. Uh, what was it? I think uh, maybe E3 or some convention about a year, year and a half ago. You've seen the Metal Jesus crew uh, was there with Polymega at one of the booths and and tried it out and were really impressed by it. And that's awesome. Because when you, there, you can put up as many videos as you want on your website, but hands-on by people that aren't going to bullshit you is what you want, especially if you're trying to decide. Now, let's, Polymega, <laughs> even though it looks like they're doing good now, had a rough start because they did uh, a pre-order. They didn't do crowdfunding necessarily. They didn't go through Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Polymega did a pre-order, which was pretty much kind of like their crowdfunding, through their own website. So it was all to them. Now, I was there on day one for that. And that was rough because getting through, they had a whole bunch of problems with their website, getting through, trying to figure out if this, in fact, uh, my order went through, which it did. And the, the kicker of it was right before the pre-orders went, like that week, we found out that it was going to be emulation and not FPGA. Uh, because before that, they had said, well... We're going to do FPGA, but it's going to be a hybrid. And everyone's like, well, what does that mean? They're going to be like, well, it's hybrid emulation FPGA, which 
I don't, I think, <laughs> I don't even think that's a thing, really. But, and that was like a month before pre-orders. I know I'm not going in a direct line here, but bear with me, folks. So they said, first they said, these things are going to be FPGA, right? Then the second thing they said, well, you know, it's going to be hybrid emulation FPGA. And then like, like the week of maybe only a couple days before the pre-orders were due to go live, they said it's going to be emulation. Now here, I'm all excited, right? I am super excited. I want, finally this machine's coming out and I want it. But why I wanted it was because I wanted the Sega Genesis module. And when I say module, maybe I got to explain how this machine is put together. So it's just not one piece. You have the base unit, which plays CD-based games, which has not been done before. It's been tried kind of but not really made it as far as the Polymegas made it. So that's why I said it's never been, it, it has been tried, but with not good results. So you buy the base unit and then, which plays, well, we're going to get to that. We'll tell you what it plays. And that plays CD-based games. And then you could buy, they have four different modules that clip into it. And the four modules that they have is a Super Nintendo module that plays, and these plays all physical media. They have one for NES, Sega Genesis that also plays 32X cards, which is fantastic, and uh, Turbo Graphics, which is cool also, right? So I was definitely interested in, of course, the CD-based system, but as well as the module to play Sega Genesis. Because there's nothing else out there to play 32X games on. Nothing. And even though this was now emulation, I was, my curiosity was still peaked. But what happened right before pre-orders for this came online? Analog announces we will be doing the Mega SG, an FPGA, uh, was it an FPGA clone system for the Genesis? And actually, I think that I think they came out with this right after, right after it was around the same time, but I think it was after because I'd already put my pre-order in for the Polymega. And it's not cheap. I think uh, pre-orders for that were, I want to say for the base unit was $299 and then maybe $60 or $70 for the Sega Genesis module. So money was spent. But now, Analog says they're coming out with the Mega SG. Well, so I went back and I canceled my pre-order for the Polymega and pre-ordered the Mega SG because that's really what I wanted. At the time, that's really what I was going for. So time goes along and people are kind of talking about this a little bit. And every time I, I hear about it and people are talking about it, I get more interested in it again. And finally, I said, you know... Once this thing goes goes off of pre-orders, it's going to be more expensive. So screw it. Let's just do it. But I want to get... I've always wanted to start collecting for the TurboGrafx-16. But I never wanted to do it on original hardware because I didn't want to go through that whole thing. I'm trying to figure out how to get it to work on my original TV. And I, homie doesn't do CRTs, right? So I order it. I get the module for the TurboGrafx, which is awesome. And now you play the waiting game for this to come back out, to be released. So let's go over. 
Well, first, the, <laughs> the release date was set for July. Let me see here where we got July 6th of 2020. And that has come and gone. And normally, you know, you get a little nervous with that. But what's going on this year with the, you know, the COVID-19 and everything, it didn't really surprise me. It would I it would have probably been more of a surprise if it had come out on time. So now they're saying that it's going to come out on November 15th, 2020. Actually, they're not saying it, but this is word of mouth um, everywhere. Because they actually they didn't update any of their information on their website. That day just came and gone and and you know, even before that day came and gone, you're already hearing rumors that, you know, this ain't coming out on July July sixteenth. Or July July sixth, I'm sorry. Which is fine. Okay. So let's get into the system a little bit more as well. Okay. So, and, and it does sound like this. People are getting their review units now. And reviews are going up online. And we're going to talk about that. So, what does this thing play? Now, I'm just going to read the American versions. But pretty much, whatever I read here, it's going to play the PAL version, which is Europe. And it's going to play the Japanese version as well. They're all compatible. So it plays, for CD-based games, it'll play the PlayStation, the original PlayStation, Saturn, Sega CD, TurboGrafx CD, and Neo Geo CD. And the modules that you can buy are for the Genesis and 32X, the Sega Genesis, the TurboGrafx-16, the NES, and the Super NES, which is, which is nice. And that's what you're going to get. I mean, now, obviously, you know, you get all the European and the Japanese versions of those systems, too. So, like, you know, Nintendo, you're going to get Famicom. And TurboGrafx-16, you're going to get the PC Engine. It's all the same. Which, that is the one thing about emulation machines that does benefit gaming. Because now, if you want to buy probably a cheaper version of the game, which is always a PAL or Japanese version, you can do that, but at the same time, you can use, you can download translation patches for these games and install them onto your system. So now the game, everything as far as text goes, comes in English. So a plus. And if you didn't pre-order this, this is where I, I kind of worry about how long this thing's going to last and how well this is going to do. Because if you didn't pre-order it, the base unit's going to be $400. Minutes, that is a lot of money. $400. It just... If you are in the gaming realm as far as dealing with these clone consoles, you know that that is expensive the high end of of clone consoles pretty much by analog not including the you know what do they call it the um the 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 metal one that they make for the nes i can't think of the name of it now that's like 400 bucks but that's because it's made out of metal and everything on that is like top-notch quality but even the stuff that's made out of plastics the mega sg and the uh, super nt those were 200 bucks this for the base unit alone is 400 dollars. that is asking a lot and i know that you got costs to make up for with the development and all that but boy oh boy i gotta wonder of i've how well this is going to go in the future because 400 bucks is no small amount of change and then the modules will be 80 bucks so the ones that you slide on the top there to play all the cartridge games 80 bucks a piece <laughs> I, I and i'm laughing i'm laughing for two things because that's expensive and because i bought this thing it wasn't for that much but it you know it 
It wasn't cheap either, pre-ordering it. And yes, I do get some buyer's remorse every now and again when I think of it, but the closer it gets to to actually having it in my hands, I know once I get it in my hands that that'll go away. Because everything I hear about about it, that people that have gotten the review uh, the review models in their hands has been positive. And let's talk about that. Okay. So the original, the first person that I seen that actually had their hands on it, the YouTuber that I follow, was the modern vintage gamer. And if you have, if you're in the gaming and you don't know about him, check him out on YouTube. Very good guy, very good channel. And you know, and this is these two guys because it was him and then Metal Jesus Rocks uh, both released something, and these guys are going to tell it to you like it is. They're not going to sugarcoat it. And everything, well, not everything, but most of it was positive. There are some things uh, as far as compatibility with some of the CD games that seem to be an issue, but that's more of a thing related to the BIOSes that those games run on. And we'll talk about that too here in a second. So about a month ago, or a month and a half ago now, actually, the Modern Vintage Gamer came out with his review on it and I was so nervous because I'm like oh my god please don't tell me I've been waiting this whole time spent this money and this thing is going to be garbage and I was surprised he really liked it and that surprised actually I was probably more relieved and then today Metal Jesus drops his video of it and as soon as I seen it come up I was like oh I hope he likes it <laughs> because, you know, I mean, even though my vintage gamer gave it a good review, sometimes, you know, you need, you need more opinions on it because not everybody, you know, thinks the same or feels the same way about stuff. So Metal Jesus did his thing and it was pretty much the same. Everything played really well, but I will say they didn't have, none of the, the actual cartridge modules have gone out yet for review. So we're talking about just the CD-based games being reviewed, which is fine. Because we already know that cartridge-based games have been emulated forever as far as the cartridges go but some of these cd games not so much right okay so he gave it a good review which is super exciting along with you know hey you know there is some compatibility compatibility issues with some of the cd games because of the bios and supposedly Polymega is aware of this and continuing to work on getting these BIOSes updated because they are from scratch making their own because you have to. Everything else is licensed. You can't use the same ones that Sega made. Now, that being said, they can't put the ones that Sega had on there, but you can go online and download those BIOSes. You got to find them. And then put that on a flash card or, you know, one of those thumbnail flash drive, USB flash drives. And you can plug that into the Polymega and run those BIOSes and it'll be fine. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say BIOSes, then you're probably not going to be interested in this machine anyway. But so I don't sound like I'm just being a little pretentious about that, you know, from what I know of it is is a BIOS is kind of the, the software, kind of the gateway that allows you to play games on a certain system. And I probably just explained that and I'm totally wrong. Because the only experience I've had with BIOS is, is when I was setting up one of my retro pies. And I had to find the correct BIOSes for the, uh, the Sega CD. So I already have those. So it's 
it's really not big of a deal because the, the two game the the two systems that you're most looking at here are probably the the PlayStation, which had a little bit of a problem, very little bit, only on a very small amount of games, supposedly, and the Sega CD. And I already knew about that. Modern Vintage Gamer had already gone over that and talked about that a little bit. So hopefully, ultimately, what I'd like to see is that Polymega would figure out a way to remedy that without me having to do that myself. But it's a very small amount of games that are affected by it. So ultimately here, what you were looking at is a plug-and-play system ready to go out of the box to play all these games. And that's coming out in November. And I am super excited about it. And I just had to talk about it after I seen Metal Jesus's uh, video today. Boom, I was all in. And uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, oh, and I forgot the other thing, which is not out yet, not available yet, but I've heard the the prototypes that have been tried out by people at these conventions say it works fairly well, is they are also developing a light gun for light gun games to use on your retro or your HD TVs on modern TVs, which of that, you know, I'm not a huge like on game, like some people like the gaming off the grid guys, but I could definitely see myself picking that up if it works the way it's supposed to work. And that's iffy because the adapters that have come out for the NES is a very mixed bag and usually it 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 falls on the side of not that great but that's another thing there so fingers crossed let's hope that that system comes through because uh i spent a lot of money on it (laughs) and i really want it to be good all right So, folks, I was not an Atari kid. I didn't grow up on Atari. I had cousins that had an Atari 2600, and I would like to play it when I was over there, but I did not grow up on it. It was not what I was, what we had at our house. I was an Intellivision guy, and I still love Intellivision because there's a certain feel to it, a certain sound. I just... I, I love it. I don't have mine plugged in. Um, I still have my old system, but I, I, I still haven't hooked it up. One of these days, I'll do it. So when I heard that Intellivision was coming out with a new system, I was like, really? But at the same time, too, I was like, oh, okay. Because the thing with that is all of these names, Intellivision, Atari, Coleco, they're just names nowadays. The companies that they were back in the late 70s and early 80s, that's those companies are gone. So now what you have is companies or entities that have paid for the name, for the licensing, all of that. It's not the same company. And people that aren't as in-depth as I am or as in-depth as, you know, we are other gamers and collectors uh, into the video gaming world don't understand that. They don't understand. They just see, especially with Atari, because it's like, oh, Atari. I love Atari. You know, growing up with Atari. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, that's not the same Atari. This isn't Nolan Bushnell anymore. Okay, this isn't, this isn't the hot tubs and keggers. Atari. And if you don't know what I mean, Game Over, which is a documentary. A lot about Atari. Check it out. It was super interesting. But anyway. So growing up, I was not an Atari guy. I was an Intellivision guy. 
So when I heard this, you know, of course we have the Atari VCS coming out and it's some company that picked up the name and it's just making, it's a shit box that they're making. Okay. You know, people want to kind of, I know people are being critical of it too, but if you've been following it, it's going to be a shit box and what they're going to put out is absolutely, it's dumb. Every time I hear about it now, I just get more and more annoyed about it. And you know what? I understand to each their own, but do me, do, do us all a favor and don't support this thing. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just, I'm tired of hearing about that thing, even though I'm the one that brought it up. Okay. So I hear they're going to come out with a new thing and it's the Intellivision Amico. And the guy who's heading this thing up is a guy called Tommy Tellerico. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know who this is. But evidently, he's been around in video games for a while. And the one piece of work that I was familiar with him is, is he did the uh, soundtrack for the Terminator game for Sega CD, which that is awesome. It is a awesome soundtrack Probably one of the best ones I've ever heard for a video game. It's just, especially back then. And I was like, okay. You know, I mean, I don't know how that translates to making a video game system, but you know what? I'm in. I'm in. They, they, I'm interested, but barely. And then the information comes out. Well, it's not going to be, it's not going to play your physical media. It's going to be all digital download. And they lost me. Because I was like, eh, yeah, I, that's just, I, I, I'm not a digital guy. I, I collect physical media. And I, you know, I didn't really, I really wasn't interested in it. And they're saying it's going to be more geared towards the family experience. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. Doesn't and the more they talked about it, the less interested I was. And and then they said the price of it's going to be two forty nine, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is definitely something I'm not interested in, because I'm not above spending money, as we know with the Polymega, on things that seem like, at least to me, they'd be worth it. But the more I looked into this thing, the Amico, it I just I just don't see where this there's a need for this. And that's the thing when these thing when these systems comes out, you gotta have you gotta ask yourself, not for nostalgia's sake, but for practicality, what need does this machine fill? The Polymega fills the role of, hey, I collect physical media and I would like a machine to play physical media on. I think this new machine is going to be the next step in that evolution. I want to buy this. But now you have the Amico and it says, well, this is going to be digital and it's going to be more of like family games. And a lot of these games come to find out you can, they're already available on other systems. They're available on mobile phones. They're available on the Switch and, I don't know, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in the digital stores. And now I'm asking myself, so of these games, of everything, of a lot, not everything, but of everything that a lot of what's coming out on the Amico is already available, then what do I need this system for? Why do I need to spend 250? And this is somebody who grew up I love in television. But I couldn't be more uninterested in a system than this. And God love a man, that Tommy Tellerico is a character. And he loves putting himself out there and there are a lot of critics of this thing. And he likes to respond to those critics, which you don't need to. And the thing that I will say is, I'm not saying that this system is going to be a bad system at all. I'm not. 
I've heard from people that have had hands-on time with it, and they said it's super fun. I'm not saying that this is going to be a piece of junk or whatever else. Not like the VCS. What I'm saying is, is this thing necessary? If we already have, if what this thing is offering, you can get it in other places, I guess. Because he's saying that it it's going to be a more family experience to bring people back into the family room. But isn't Nintendo already doing that? Hasn't Nintendo been doing that? Especially since the days of the Wii. You know, I mean, that was the big thing with the Wii. You know, everybody's in there. We're playing bowling or tennis or, or whatever else, boxing. I mean, shh, that Wii Sports was probably one of the most popular games of all time. Who didn't play that? If you played a Wii, you played Wii Sports. Of any game you played. But I don't know what this system, this Amico, is is trying trying to sell. And and Tommy, I know you're nostalgic for Intellivision. I I get that. I trust me, I am a sucker for nostalgia. I am Mr. Nostalgia. But at what cost? At what price? And you know, I I, I hope that it does good for you know, I, I hope it does good. Unlike the VCS, because I really don't think that Tommy is trying to rip anybody off. It seems legit. Everything he seems like he's legit um from everything that I've seen. And even though there are critics that keep going after this system. I think that, you know, it will be released. And that's another thing, you know, this was supposed to come out in October. And now it's, I think it's been bumped back to to April. And that's fine. I mean, it's the times we live in. This happens even when stuff isn't screwed up in the world. So, you know, that's where I stand on it. Uninterested, but... Who knows? This thing could come out and it could be, it could change my mind. Because a lot of the games that on it are going to be remastered games of the olden television games I played. Which that's pretty neat. But am I really, have I really been looking for it? Especially to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I will drop 250 on that. Especially coming out with these new systems coming out. Am I going to want to drop that money? When I want to drop the money on one of these new systems? I don't know. I guess it's not that big of a deal, but it's just something that I've been hearing about a lot lately. And, you know, and the reason why I talked about it and the reason why I'm responding to, to what's been going on is because a couple weeks ago, they had this this unveiling, or I don't know, I don't know what you would call it. It was so weird, like Tommy Tellerico on doing a a live cast or whatever on the internet, and he just I don't know. I mean, Tommy Tommy just looks like he he just drank like six Red Bulls right before he turned his computer on, and it was go time. I mean, the dude looked cracked out. And it's cracking me up because, I mean, I know that's just based on looks. But Tommy's an intense guy. He's just so intense. He he remember you know who he reminds me of? And this is nothing against Tommy. This really is not. But Tommy reminds me of Don LaPree. The guy that you, if you stayed up long enough back in the day on TV... And those infomercials would come out. Don LaPree and his money-making package. He'd be like, it is so easy with just taking out little ads and buying up real estate to make a million dollars. I am going to share with you how I made millions of dollars living out of my tiny apartment. And it's like, okay, Don, let me tell you what. You make a millions of dollars, you're not going to need to sell a money-making package. (laughs) 
So I don't know. Maybe that's just the salesman in Tommy, you know, because I'm not going to lie. I would watch the money making package thing for about 10 minutes and it seemed great. Even though you knew, even though you knew that that thing was total BS, you there was that small part of you in the back of your brain going, ah, you know, maybe, you know, what if this thing's legit? But it's like, yeah, I or not. <laughs> oh, Tommy. All right. Well, I think we need to talk about this beer here. Edmund Fitzgerald a porter and you guys know by now that I am not a darker beer guy especially a stout guy I think it's pretty safe to say that I mean I'm willing to try one but if you open my fridge I'm not going to have a stout there waiting for you but I will try a porter here because a porter is it's still light enough and what I mean by light is it's not a stout. <laughs> it's definitely not light, but it's a darker, darker beer. And sometimes with these, you can get the flavor and the richness that you can't get with lighter beers like a Pilsner or an IPA. Because IPA, IPA, you you really shoehorned in to a certain flavor profile I think a lot of times you know some do it better than others but that's pretty much where you're at and sometimes it's got more of a fruitier flavor and sometimes it's just really hoppy but there isn't it's still a pretty narrow path but when you start getting into the darker beers the flavor profile changes dramatically and that's where we are with this one and I got to tell you, I didn't, I've never heard of this. I've seen it at the store a bunch. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's try it out. Let's try this porter. And I am going to take a sip at it right now. And let's see what we think. That is delicious. That's really good. And... You know, I wish I had brought down the uh, the box that it came in because it really talks about what's in there. But it does have a nice chocolate aftertaste and a coffee aftertaste, especially the coffee. And if you're a coffee fan and you're a beer fan, you are definitely going to like this. And that's what I—that's one of the things I do love about some of the darker beers is the aftertaste and how long it lingers. Because this isn't going to be something that you're going to just chug down. I mean, you could. You could, but why would you want to? This thing is going to be kind of a a sipping beer a little bit and just enjoy the flavors on the tongue. Because it's, it's a little bit heavier. Obviously, it's darker than a Pilsner and IPA. But you just want to enjoy those rich flavors. A little bit heavier on the tongue, but the chocolate and the coffee notes at the end are fantastic. It's made by Great Lakes Brewing Company, which is out of Cleveland, Ohio. So not too far from where I'm at because I am in the greater Chicagoland area. And it is, let's see what the alcohol volume, ah, 6.0. So six. I'm loving it. I will, and especially this time of year, now that it's it's going to, we're going to switch into the fall. Because with me, I don't do as much drinking in in when it gets cold out. I'm not a big drinker. Well, I'm not a big drinker. Period. Anymore. I that's why I like these crap beers a little more. I like to enjoy the beers that I do drink. But as I I think with most people, when you in the summertime, you kind of drink a lighter beer. A more fresher beer. But then when you get into the fall, you go for these darker beers into the winter time. Something that's a little bit more hardier. You know, and, and right now, and because this is August. So, I am seeing a lot of, like, pumpkin ales and Oktoberfests out already. And 
I really wasn't going to start doing any of that until we got into October, but I've seen so many out there right now that made by different companies that I'm like, Ooh, I mean, look at this. This looks, this might be good. And, and anybody knows that drinks those pumpkin ales or Oktoberfest, it could be very hit or miss. And every year it's, it's a lot of times it's not the same. The only company that seems to make like their their seasonal beers, especially Oktoberfest, very much the same every year as far as f- flavor profile goes, is Sam Adams. And Sam Adams is one of my favorite ones. They're the ones that I go to every year for Oktoberfest. But that's because I like the flavor of it and how it it is continuously the same every year. But it's still fun to try these other, especially these these craft beer companies that, you know, you never know. Maybe this year this place will be good and that place won't and vice versa the next year. But now everybody is throwing their head in the rink with these seasonal beers. And I think, I don't know if next episode I'm going to start with that, but definitely September. So we're going to do... We're going to do two months because I do, I try to drop these episodes uh, every other week. So about two a month. So that'll give us, you know, four reviews on four different uh, Oktoberfests or pumpkin ales. Because I put those all in the same, the same category, pretty much. That time of year, right before you, you go into those winter ales, which are also delicious but that being said ladies and gentlemen i think that's about where we're gonna end it this week it's been a joy talking to you and i hope it's been a joy listening to me i am your host dan broseman saying goodbye and see you later